asks and answers one simple question. Who's a good boy? That's right, you are a good boy. Yes, you are. And now here are the hosts who believe in one nation, underdog, indivisible, with walkies and chew toys for all. Alison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Hello, everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Allie and I, our background is that we were performers, our performers, uh, and we had a live comedy show where we used the internet as our script. It was called Blogologues. We performed verbatim text from Reddit, Craigslist, all these different places. That eventually led to us creating a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we interviewed people behind the post and we went on scripted adventures. Uh, and now we're doing Two Girls, One Podcast with The Daily Dot and Matt Silverman, who is here with us. Welcome, Matt. Hello. 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 Um, and we are talking to people behind internet communities and phenomena that we find interesting. Today is both a community and a phenomena. Phenomenon. <laughs> uh, this is a really popular account on Twitter. That is Do you mean popular? Popular account. And so it begins. Allie's puns. <laughs> Get ready, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> What, so, Ali, what are we looking at today that's so popular? Are my, are my puns dogging you? <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> we are looking at the Twitter feed, We Rate Dogs. We are talking to the creator of this extremely popular Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. And when she says popular, she's not kidding. They have 8.7 million Twitter followers. And this account, if you're not already familiar, looks at photos of dogs. It uses a 10-point scale to rate them, and it uses a lot of humor. So we're going to hear uh, Matt, the creator's story, and more about this Not account. our Matt. Another Matt. Not me. I think that um, We Rate Dogs is the only reason to go on Twitter, and the only reason to go on Instagram is that account, Hot Dudes Reading. Do you do you like actively follow the hot dudes reading still? I know you've been a fan for years. Yeah, I do. I do. Well, oh, let's get him on. Let's who, get who him runs on. that account? I don't know. I don't, I don't care about gotta... who runs it. I just want to meet the men. What if it's a hot dude? <laughs> it's, There's no so way bring, it is. Bring the creator on and say, "Oh, thanks for coming on." You know, I guess uh, it really could be a hot gay dude for sure. I think Can it's a lady. Can you uh, introduce me to uh, person any number forty-five? Them. Any of yeah. them. <laughs> Cool. Wait, why couldn't um, it be a hot straight dude? Just what if he just like appreciates other dudes? I, I, just I don't know. I doubt it. I just <laughs> okay, okay. doubt it. Just uh, wondering. Anyway, I don't know that we've ever really talked about this on the podcast, but I do fucking love dogs. I love them so much. I lo- I just want everyone to greet me the way dogs do. <laughs> Just like it's the best fucking thing that's ever happened. Do you rate them? Do you have like a hierarchy of which kind of dogs? I don't rate them, but you and I used to go to the park and name them. (laughs) That's true. It was like intuitive dog naming. We would just get a feeling and we would just look at it and be like, that guy's name is Pepe. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know. I think it was like an aspirational. You and I both really wanted a dog, so and it's like this if one, were, Stuart. Yeah, they were just, I, our dog. What would we name them? Yeah, no, we just mm. knew what they looked like. Like yeah. that, just that's the name that makes sense. Well, we currently here, Adam and I have a chipmunk in our backyard who is so freaking cute, and he's officially become Eric. And now anytime I see a chipmunk that makes sense. in the state of New Hampshire, I say out loud, oh, hello, Eric. Hey, Eric. Any as chipmunk. We've, as we've talked about, squirrel picnic tables are all the rage in quarantine. Are you going to create a chipmunk picnic table? Mm. We should um, because we have um, special food for Eric. Need to. Oh, my <laughs> God. Start the Instagram account. What are you account? feeding Eric? Well, it's a mix of like seeds, which he really likes. And then Adam's yeah. trying to train him to like toast, like a really ground up, like almost like breadcrumbs. He's not you, into it. You need to make him a picnic table. I'm going to text Adam right now. <laughs> <laughs> this needs to happen. And if you could put a tiny cocktail umbrella on the picnic table, right. I would be so pleased. Right. Start the account, get uh, five to eight million followers and then fire up that merch machine. And I think you're all set. <laughs> I don't see the problem here. What, I have to come up with some good taglines for Eric. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eric. We, we've talked about this. The best thing in the world is uh, animals and pets with uh, human names. Yes. So it's not, uh, you know, Rex or whatever. It's like Jonathan, my Cocker Spaniel. <laughs> right. Uh, there's nothing better than like, that. Matt, depends what it looks like, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, sometimes you're like, that dog, his name's Buster. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. You got to go classic. That's how it goes. Yeah. Um, Buster's so an adorable I name. I think, you know, if you've got a, a chip on your shoulder, check out the new Instagram account featuring Eric. Eric the Chipmunk. A, the a chipmunk. Critical question. Yeah. Uh, Eric with a C or Eric with a K? Ooh, I've been thinking C, just with yeah, the word chipmunk in mind with a C. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good question. Cool. Well, mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing the picnic table with the tiny umbrella. But um, I have a long list of questions for our guests today because dogs. So let's let's get to it. Um, let's get to dogs. what we need to do. Yeah. <gasps> calls from the public. Calls, 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 calls. Excellent. All right. Now, I'm cheating a little bit. Uh, we don't have a call to share this week, but I do have some emails. <laughs> That's good. This email comes in from, I don't know how I might say this person's username, uh, JLC. Uh, hopefully that is accurate. Uh, it is just an email address, but... This person says, hello, Allie, Jen, and Matt. As I'm sure you know, we have been in strict lockdown in Spain for eight weeks. Normally, I walk my dogs for two hours each morning in the mountains around our little hamlet with my friends, and we call ourselves the Dawn Chorus Walkers. Unfortunately, during the quarantine, I've had to walk on my own, which is obviously a bummer. Uh, For the last few days, it has been terribly lonely, not a soul around. Uh, and then I thought I would listen to my favorite podcast, How Modern. Oh, it has been fabulous. I've listened to every episode. I normally listen when I'm cleaning and obviously haven't realized what a mucky pup I am as I had missed loads, but now I'm completely up to date. Uh, so they say uh, the repeat listening has brought extra pleasure. Uh, This morning, I was actually quite emotional listening to last week's episode, spending time with you as honorary Dawn Chorus Walkers 
for the last time. Uh, they're saying we move to phase one tomorrow and the girls can join me again. So maybe the lockdown is, is lifting where they are located. Uh, so uh, JLC says, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you for the giggles, the laugh out louds and the raucous belly laughs. Uh, thank you for keeping me company and bringing sunshine to some dreary days. Keep doing your stuff, ladies. To me, you are a vital service. Parentheses Aww. with Matt, of course. <laughs> that is so nice. That's beautiful. Oh, thank uh, you. Uh, also signed with much love, Joe XX. So maybe Joe. Maybe Joe. Thanks, Joe. Joe, I'll come walk your dog with you. <laughs> Go to Spain. Yeah. That sounds so beautiful to wake up in the morning with friends and walk a dog in the mountains for two hours. Are you kidding? Oh my gosh. I wish we could really be there. Yeah. Andalu- Andalusia, Andalusia, which yeah, sounds yeah. like uh, a paradise place. Oh my gosh. Place, so. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing Fail that trip. with us. Failed trip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get on a plane. What could go wrong? <laughs> Wait, what's the episode she's talking about that made her emotional do you do you know that? um that i don't know this came in a little while ago so i don't know if it was a recent episode or one in the back catalog but uh yeah yeah she doesn't say hmm. all right well we'd love to hear from you all please keep writing and tweeting and i don't know if we want to edit this out but somebody said that Allie's voice sounds like a creepy doll <laughs> 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 And what? Allie posted it on Instagram and your Oh cash. my god, that was so good. It's a review. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna find it. This is a review. This is uh, is this uh Apple Podcasts, Allie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Super funny and informative. This is a review from Spacey Bones, five stars. <laughs> That's a great name. I love you guys. Parentheses, yes, even Matt. And your content. Exclamation exclamation point. However, I do feel obligated to tell y'all about the time I accidentally played this podcast out loud, thankfully not during an NSFW episode, and my sister in the next room thought Allie's voice was a creepy doll. Okay, have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) That review made me so happy. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Talk, guys. I just like, <laughs> I just like, was randomly, look, you know, checking out how we're doing or whatever. I was like, this is great. I posted it on my Instagram. People didn't like it very much, but I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also, if you want to follow me on the gram, I'm at Allie underscore Goldie. She has some quality content, guys. Get on mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allie's back on Instagram makes me happy. Okay. More importantly, which episode was not NSFW? <laughs> <laughs> which one made people cry what? which one was not SFW I don't know yeah what is happening know. they don't even know us anymore okay I hope we have right. dog trivia we gotta, yeah, we gotta get into our interview it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty big one but first by law I am required to administer today's trivia how many times is Matt gonna make that same joke it's not a joke it's a federal statute. He's going to make it the same number of times that I make the joke when someone asks me if I'm busy on Wednesday, me saying, let me check my calendar. <laughs> yeah, I'm free. <laughs> I make that every day of quarantine. <laughs> Today's trivia is pretty simple. <laughs> Which of these insane dog facts is true? <gasps> Ooh, awesome. I'm excited. Love these. Here we go. A... In the 1700s, you could get free admission 
to the Royal Menagerie and see all of the exotic animals kept at the Tower of London as long as you brought a dog to feed to the lions. Otherwise, you'd have to pay three half pence to get what? in. What? What? All right, that's choice A. Choice B, sausages have been referred to as dogs, or as we know them sometimes today, hot dogs, uh, since the 1800s. This is because eating dog meat in Germany was pretty common and only officially outlawed there in 1986. No. Meaning you could eat dog in the early 80s and, and no big. Well, so you can still eat them in China. This, this trivia is sad. I don't like it. Okay, here's, here's more. Here's more. C, in an effort to learn why dogs are so friendly, scientists recently learned that dogs are basically developmentally impaired wolves with a genetic defect called Williams syndrome, which compels them to love everyone. <laughs> now, normal trivia has three answers. Today's trivia has more. D, all of these are true. E, none of these are true. I made them all up. Ooh, wild card. I'm going with E. <laughs> Me too. I, don't, I think you made these up. These are wild. Okay. We've not, I don't, have we ever had an E? No. I don't know. This might be a first E. Now, here's, here's the reason why I've been digging trivia a little more. You haven't done that bullshit in a while where you just give us numbers. Don't no, do that. No, you're right. I quit that years ago because you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it's two of Do you remember when you tricked us into thinking that maybe ants were whores. <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, that was pretty We're talking about the bug, just so everyone knows. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So everyone's going with E, that the, these are all fake. Uh, I made them all up. Yes. We will find out the correct dog fact when we return from this commercial break. Hi, guys, it's me. And me. Who? <laughs> We're just still it's here us. in our bedrooms. What? I'm sorry, um, who's talking? Who is this? I'm it's Jen. Allie and Jen. Oh, oh okay. I'm Allie. Got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hello. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And who's that? We did guy? a little Freaky Friday. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, the millennials only. Okay, let's start this whole thing over. Hey guys, how Hi. are you? Have you missed us? It's been at least three seconds. Um, we just wanted to take a moment to shout out some sexy motherfuckers, and these are our Patreon supporters at the mere ten dollar level or more. You are helping us stay alive <laughs> that's right literally stay alive <laughs> so thank you to chris harrison jerry duran jessica fox melissa elliott james dozier christopher latch and kathy phillips thank you so very much to you we appreciate you if you want to hear your name spoken out loud by my uh, high pitch, possibly doll-like voice, as one review recently <laughs> mentioned, or if you'd like it to be said by Jen's sultry voice. Smooth <laughs> caramel shoot, tones. Crab <laughs> shoot, but yeah, you can donate at patreon.com slash 2G1P. We'll rotate. Eventually, you'll also be <laughs> said out loud by Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Her others all gone. Mm. Wiggles has no cash. She's just looking for a new chew toy. Her dad is willing to drive to Tumwater, 
Lacey, or Olympia to pick up a free love seat. And if your address does not include the words Tom Water, Lacey, or Olympia, Wiggles does not want your love seat. Wiggles also wants you to know a couch is not a love seat. Wiggles hates couches. They don't fit in her room. Wiggles says thanks. Wiggles is a cute name for a dog. That was actually my mom's childhood dog's name. Really? Yes. Nice. Yeah. What kind of dog was it? I don't know. I really cool story. <laughs> cool story. <laughs> uh, I assumed that uh, the gentleman was speaking about the children's music group, the Wiggles. Oh, uh, could have been. Do they? That, that's just that's just me. I don't know. Maybe I have a bias. Do they like chew toys? I don't know <laughs> anything about them. <laughs> They're a popular Australian children's music group that uh, makes frequent appearances in my home. I don't know if uh, you guys ever watched the Wiggles. No. No idea what that is. Check them out. Adam loves them. Just kidding. Oh, good. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, just, I just love the idea of like a grown ass, you know, successful finance uh, professional just sitting down to watch the Wiggles every now and then. <laughs> we all need to decompress somehow, especially for <laughs> I don't know what that show is, but like uh, that makes sense with Adam. <laughs> kind of does, yeah. Like it sounds right. <laughs> Well, if it's anything like 90s Nickelodeon programming, I'll enjoy it. So I'll join him. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who wants to hear about these insane dog facts that may or may not be real? I do. I do. Which of these dog facts is true? A, you could get in free to the Tower of London in the 1700s if you brought a dog to feed the lions there. B, uh, sausages are referred to, referred to as dogs in Germany because you could eat dog for a long while there until 1986. Or C, genetically, dogs are kind of like developmentally de- impaired wolves because they have a genetic defect that makes them love everyone all the time. D, all of these are true. Or E, the choice that you both picked... These are all coming out of my very messed up brain. Sticking with those choices? Yes, please. Mm-hmm. The correct answer is D. You should have went for the D. All of these facts are true. Are you serious? I always go for the D when I can. Yeah, I was surprised. <laughs> I, I offered up the D and I thought you would take it. Which was so kind of you. <laughs> it's really, yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, ah, three, so three half pence, three half pence to get into the Royal Menagerie, unless you brought a dog, dog or cat to feed the lions, because that's just an easy way to keep keep things going over there in the menagerie. Uh, yeah, Germans apparently like to eat dog, and it was not formally outlawed until 1986, which seems a little bit late. And recently, as recent as 2017, uh, geneticists were investigating. Uh, a syndrome, uh, a genetic abnormality called Williams-Buren syndrome, which happens in people, and it doesn't sound like the worst thing, but it's a it's a genetic, uh, it's a gene or a marker that shuts off in certain people, which basically turns off stranger danger. So people who have this issue are just like really interested in 
strangers or anything that's going on. They're like almost like too personable. There's also some developmental uh, issues there that occur. So it's a it's a notable condition. And so geneticists were applying that and saying, okay, wolves, you know, dogs are descended from wolves. Do- wolves are pack animals and they're hunters and they're, they're, you know, they're aggressive and whatever. And dogs are just like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? And they actually found a genetic uh, trait that is, uh, you know, makes dogs lovable and friendly, but is is technically kind of like a, a, a little genetic defect that, that that's wow, going so on there. So I thought that was interesting. Fascinating. So fascinating. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about dogs from our guest, <laughs> who I believe is here. Um, so if you guys are ready, uh, it's time to have our interview. Everybody, please welcome the creator of the Twitter account, We Rate Dogs, at dog underscore rates, Matt Nelson. Welcome, Matt. Hi, thank you for having me. Hello. It's our pleasure. Thanks for being here. Of course. So uh, we wanted to kick this off just taking it back and asking you, how did all of this get started and why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I kind of joined Twitter late. Like all my peers already had Twitter by the time I discovered that it might be a place that I could use as a creative outlet, really. So I made an account. And again, I wasn't tweeting what like I had for breakfast in the morning. I was treating it almost like stand-up. Um, and I would just experiment with with jokes and stuff. And it was very awkward when the only people that followed me were my in real life friends. Um, and the only people that I followed were my in real life friends. But soon I uncovered this like section of Twitter that was self-dubbed like weird Twitter. And it was full of a community of people that were trying to do the same thing uh, in terms of entertaining their small audiences in that 140 character space. Um, and I just, I just, quickly got addicted to that. Uh, The challenge of keeping it short and the immediate gratification of knowing whether a joke did well or not. Every time I would write something about dogs or a joke about dogs or featured my own dogs, something like that, uh, everyone would go crazy. And those jokes did way better than they probably should have. Uh, So I recognized that the entire internet shared this, uh, this love of dogs with me. And then as a freshman in college, I had the free time, surprisingly, to start a new project. And like I said, already in love with Twitter as a creative medium, already knew the topic of uh, like that I would have the most fun with would be dogs. So I started a new account. Um, the rating aspect was kind of like the last thing I, I personally like when there's a numerical consistency to things like um, it kind of immediately gave the account some legs because every tweet was tied to a number. Um, so yeah, I had at the time like 10,000 followers on my personal account from writing jokes. So I had that audience to to like be like, hey, I, I made a new account. I actually asked them. I was like, I made a poll and I was like, hey guys, should I start a dog rating Twitter account? And uh, the response was very enthusiastic. So I did. And then I passed myself in followers in three days. Wow. <laughs> Wait, in three days? Yeah. Like it was, I, I had 500 by the end of the night that consisted of people from my personal account. And then it just took on a life of its own. And yeah, I passed myself very, very quickly, which is kind of disheartening because I spent like two years building an audience from writing jokes. And I was like, oh, well, that was <sighs> all I had to do is tweet some dogs. <laughs> no, it was that easy. no. Okay, first, <laughs> I, I don't want you to hound yourself Oh, about wow. it. It's already started. Um, it, oh, it really is. It's, 
It will continue it's, as well. It's starting. Yeah. It's it is a a possum story, and um, I also a possums. We're talking about dogs. Okay, I was like trying to do with a P. I get it. I get Thank it. you so much. Someone understands me here finally. <laughs> uh, the rest of you are voted off. Um, no, but what I love about it too, which I think we'll get into later, is that you, well, first of all, you hit on something that really resonated with people. I understand because I fucking love dogs. <laughs> they are <laughs> adorable. <laughs> um, so, okay, there's that. And so that's such an, you know, just it's the like epitome of the internet, but also it sounds like you're really fucking good at social media. And I know you have several other accounts as well. Um, but let's keep talking about the greatest Twitter account of all time, we write dogs, and then we'll get back to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was curious, did you, what were you studying in school? Did it have anything oh, to God. do with writing? No. And also, <laughs> no, okay, but also just like addendum, we did read that your life became like a shit show while you were taking college classes and managing this account. So we would just love to hear like what that whole journey was like. Yes, of course. Uh, so I went, so my main, my only two passions growing up really were, were swimming and golf, uh, two very individual sports that like don't necessarily have like, you don't think of them as careers, but especially not swimming, like unless you're, you're an Olympian, like you're, or you want to be a coach. Um, there's not really a career in that, but golf is a massive industry that, I mean, it employs like a million people. Like it's crazy. So I, with, a, I loved golf. So I was like, okay, there's, there's actually a major called professional golf management at 20 <laughs> schools in the country. And wow. I was like, you know what? I, this sounds like fun. I'm interested in it because I, I was never passionate about school. I did well in school. I never made it a priority that continued in college clearly. Uh, but it was, it was, it was like the only path that was uh, tolerable for me. So I did that. But again, Workload wasn't crazy, bored first semester, needed to start a new thing to stay sane, essentially. So, and then, yeah, leading into what, what you said, Jen, it became very quickly overwhelming because, again, the account is submission based. So you can literally DM us on Twitter, or Instagram, and now people like email, miss, email us and, and like send us carrier pigeons with pictures of their dogs. But anyway, they can. But now it's like, so it, it we were getting like, 1500 to 2500 Twitter DMs a day at the beginning. And I was the only one doing it. So it wasn't like it wasn't manageable. And I am such a people pleaser. And I didn't want people to think we were ignoring them. And so it just became very overwhelming quickly. And a friend of mine that actually like was more in tune with the with the dark social media marketing side of things in terms of the buying and selling of parody accounts and like he understood like the world of how you monetize accounts where the content was all copy and pasted. Like I'm sure you remember Dory and common white girl and those awful, awful accounts. Um, those were like, I, so he, he offered to buy my account really early on. And I said, no, because this was my baby. And I was, I was still having fun doing it. Then when it became overwhelming and I was also dealing with school and my personal life, I went back to him and I was like, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to give this up. I can't do it anymore. And instead of 
letting me sell it to him, he asked me what part I needed help with. And I said, looking through all these dog photos. And so he was like, (laughs) I can do that. And so he's been doing it for four years now. And that's kind of how I was able to continue. That's great because I tend to worry that everyone's an asshole and like he could have made an easy (laughs) deal with you and instead decided to help you, which is he sounds great. Yeah, he is great. And now his role at We Rate Dogs has expanded way beyond just looking through like curating dog photos, Uh, even though he's he's probably seen the most dog photos out of anyone on the planet, for sure. Like there's no way anyone beats him in in that category. Okay, but then you you did drop out of college, though, right? (laughs) Yes, but it took me so long (laughs) to do so. Um, Yeah, I. So the way that the golf management program works is that you go on internships. As I, you know, the, the range picker, like on golf ranges where the guys in the car are picking up all the golf balls. Yeah. So I would, I would be doing that role, but also tweeting dog pictures from, from my phone while I was driving that thing. So <laughs> I picture you getting whacked in the head with golf balls, like constantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how people like, like to aim at that thing. So yeah, it was always <laughs> jolting when that happened, but so it became very clear that I would much rather be a member at this course than work at this course. And, um, I was having so much fun running the account. It was growing. We had just started to monetize with merchandise. Everything was going great. This is when the account was really blowing up. We went from, it took us a while. And when I say a while, it's only, it's only like, um, in retrospect, it, it took us like a little, like two months to get to, to 200,000 followers. And then it, we went from 500,000 to 5 million in a matter of less than a year. Um, wow. so it was, that was when I was like, okay, I like, not only was it becoming more of a responsibility that I literally couldn't do much else. Uh, but it was clear that this is kind of where my passion was. So in the middle of that second internship, um, I was in I was at a course in Philadelphia. And again, a wonderful course. It was an amazing job. Uh, and I was, I mean, I just had to make the decision um, of what I wanted to do. And the decision ended up being to drop out, quit that job and move home to West Virginia for a little bit to kind of see if this was manageable as a full-time gig and and kind of doing it on my own. What did your parents think? <laughs> so they've been You're super like, I'm supportive. moving into your basement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rating dogs. What yeah, exactly. Think? Exactly. So uh, from the beginning of the account, they like, so I made the account in November of 2015, which is right before that winter break at school. And so I came home and I was spending all of my time on the internet. And that was very foreign to them. But quit, like during that winter break, I got an interview with New York Magazine and I was featured in New York Magazine and it made it all a little bit more real to them. And so they've been incredibly supportive from the beginning. And as they've seen it grow into a a more traditional business, uh, they've been super supportive. So it was the best situation for me and that's all that they wanted. So yeah, without their support, I mean, I would probably be miserable in school still. Um, So I owe a lot to them and really the support cast that that I've been able to build around me. Oh my God! Can I have your parents? Um, <laughs> wait. Well, jokes, I, jokes on us, Jen, because Jen and I went to Yale and we graduated, <laughs> and I'm on unemployment right now. You fools! This kid <laughs> dropped out of college, looks at dogs all day, and he's crushing it. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, so the New York Magazine article must have been huge. And you mentioned that you went to about 5 million followers in the course of a year. So what were some of the other major milestones for you as you grew that following? And like, how did this really take off? Was it just like the persistent hard work every single day? Did you get some breaks along the way? Like that article? How, how did it happen? Yeah, I would love to say that it was persistent hard work every day. And in some ways, it, it, I guess it kind of was. But I mean, when you're dealing with the internet, it's it's the Wild West, no matter how much you try to control it. And we're dealing with a content topic in dogs that, I mean, again, is universally loved. And since it's submission-based, we get to curate the best thing. Like most of the time, my caption, the goal of my caption is to get out of the way of the video or the picture because the media is actually just so good. And I could not possibly make it better with my words. I can only like, I can only compliment it. So again, it's, it's very, I'm in a very lucky position to be dealing with, uh, again, the content type I am. So I mean, I attribute so many of my, AKA the so dogs much of my are the real stars. Exactly. And they always will be. Uh, so I mean, some of the, some of the big bumps were certain videos that, that, that went viral. I mean, we were featured in, in Buzzfeed in, in late 2016, like they made a list of our 40 best tweets and we gained 50,000 followers that day. Um, which is very funny because that really shows the power. I mean, Buzzfeed still has that power, but back in the day it was, it was very close with Twitter culture. Um, so it was like a direct, uh, it was like a direct IV drip of followers when that article went out. Um, and so like that, I, we were actually featured, uh, one of our posts were featured on the Today Show. In, and it was, uh, I mean, they mentioned we rate dogs a bunch of times and we didn't even see a bump in followers. Um, what? But, Buzz, <laughs> but like we were on the screen in, in uh, Times Square, all that nonsense. We were like, it was a, a, a thing. And, but BuzzFeed, was happened like a week earlier and that like the difference in it's it's really like giving me a perspective into what drives engagement in 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 the media because we've gotten placed in a lot of different places but but buzzfeed and and reddit and some of the things that are very very online are where we get kind of the, the jumps in followers so yeah it was and then from there it's a snowball in terms of getting to I mean, growing it to, to the eight, eight point something it is now, it's like, it's once you have that following, I mean, like now on Twitter, like we're trying to grow our Instagram because Instagram is just a bigger platform than Twitter itself. If you're on Twitter, you kind of know who we are at this point. Like if you know us and you don't follow us, you're not going to. Um, so it's like our follower growth is just consistent with Twitter's growth as a whole. Um, so now we're, now we're kind of trying to expand into the platforms that might have a higher ceiling in terms of who we can reach. I love that you love, you've like outgrown Twitter, like Twitter <laughs> is too small now. That whole story, the... it's mutts. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're actually on the, that was very funny. Um, no, it also... wasn't, but thank you. You're like, that was very funny. I've heard that pun 4 million times a day. <laughs> We're actually like on the, like if you're downloading Twitter for the first time, they feature one of our tweets in the app store, like as one of the pictures. Wow. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, it's, Jesus. Okay. I yeah, haven't it's even very thought cool. about like, that. Twitter's been, Twitter's been very great to us. Um, but yeah, our growth right now is, is dependent on their growth, which is very interesting. That is wild. I had not thought of that. You've beaten <laughs> Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Can you please tell us about the greatest day of your life, which I think we all know, 
is the day that J.K. Rowling followed you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, now it's a little bit controversial because she's gone off the rails a little bit on Twitter. But uh-huh. um, yeah, but that was huge uh, because she, I mean, obviously she's, she's still incredibly influential. But in this was, I want to say this was like 2016 as well. She had interacted with the account a few times, followed it very early on. One morning, it was, yeah, it was because it was early on the East Coast. She had just posted like a screenshot. She didn't retweet it. She just posted a screenshot of one of our tweets and told people to go follow us. And again, that was like a 40,000 follower day. Um, And and when you're gaining, like that's 40,000 very, very active followers. So again, that snowball effect is crazy from there. Uh, But yeah, it was very... It was very interesting to think like, oh my God, arguably the greatest writer is watching me write captions over dog photos right now. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. And and I can't think that way because like, I have an anxiety attack. But like some of the celebrities that follow us are like, I, I, I part of me hopes they don't read it. <laughs> but like the other They're part of me is- They're following you because they've already read it and approved. <laughs> you need to be more positive. I guess it's just if I thought about that before, like if those were filters that went through my head before I pressed tweet, I would never post anything. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But that was a very, very good day. Can we just ask, like, who are you? Who Who are you the most starstruck by? Wait. <laughs> also, follows? let's talk oh, about Lin Manuel. Ryan Reynolds. Wait, what, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Lynn, Lynn's been uh, a huge supporter. Oh, you're over on a the first years. name basis now. Oh, sorry. Lin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> he. <laughs> so he. I actually. Uh, so we have like we just note or I just noticed because I'm the one that's obsessed with all the analytics of this. I noticed that we had a massive crossover audience just based on the few times I re- replied to him when he would post his dog and I would like it and and so forth. So it was very clear that we had, uh, like I said, a crossover audience. And so one day I just tweeted at him and I was like, hey. Everyone wants to know when I'm going to rate Toby, which is his his dog. Uh, no one had asked me. No one had asked me to rate Toby. I just wanted to talk to him. And but that set it up. So like so he immediately responded with pictures and DM'd us pictures and followed the account. And uh, so the master plan worked. And then from there, from there, I did post his dog and everyone went crazy because like my assumptions were correct that we had like probably 400,000 people followed both of our accounts. Uh, so it was, it was a, it was a, it was a good day to, to be a fan of both of us, I guess. Um, and then his <laughs> dog, we asked his, uh, we asked him if Toby could be in our book and he said, yes. So Toby is actually in the We Rate Dogs book, which is now like three, three and a half years old. Um, but very cool. And he still sometimes, uh, likes and interacts with, with some of our posts. So yeah, like I'm almost a little numb to some of these things, but like it's always so so cool, especially when someone new follows. Um, a, a recent example is we so on some dog holidays like National Dog Day or National Puppy Day, we just instead of it, we kind of flip our account on its end and do like uh, help like reply to this thread with a picture of your puppy to help us create the best thread ever. So instead of all of it being private DMs of dogs sent to us, we kind of let it be public and people can kind of show. What we can kind of showcase what our lives are like, and we can get seventy thousand replies on some of those. Wow. And our recent one, Arnold Schwarzenegger replied <laughs> with his donkeys. <laughs> Wait, did you just say with his what? His what? Donkeys. He has, he has donkeys. donkeys. Yes. Well, you don't rate donkeys. 
No, but like <laughs> part of our account is that like sometimes we'll rate other animals as if they are dogs or I'll rate a dog <laughs> that doesn't necessarily look like a dog and say, we only rate dogs. Please stop, stop sending us so-and-so. <laughs> Uh, so I guess he was familiar with that and submitted his donkeys, which is, I mean, that, I mean, <laughs> that's fantastic. just crazy. Yeah. Um, just another day at the office. Yeah. yeah <laughs> but that's, it's so weird. Cause like, that's Did what it feels like. Did you rate the donkeys? Right. I replied. I don't know if we actually gave him, cause he, he set it up for like a, a really good reply, but yeah, I mean, just things like that, that happen are just, they're wild. It's just so wild. All right. Well, people think that your feed is just a bunch of cute dogs, but we know that it takes a ton of work. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about managing these little, these pups on the daily? What's that like? <laughs> yeah. So, and actually I found Arnold. He said, does Lulu qualify? Lulu is the donkey. And I said, um, yes, of course, in all caps. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So when it comes to managing it, I mean, now it's it's grown way beyond kind of, uh, like I said, it's kind of evolved into a more traditional business in terms of we have an e-commerce store that, that I mean, the upkeep for that is is more than you would expect. Um, we, I mean, we have... I expect uh, this a I, lot. I expect you're moving a lot of merchandise with these pups, right? I mean, like... Yeah, I, I mean... <laughs> like, I'm thinking I need to get my bestie a th- something for her dog that says 13 <laughs> out of 10. Like, that needs to... <laughs> yeah, so we actually have dog tags that, that have the ratings on them. Uh, but So we... Uh, that kind of, Yeah, so the merchandise, I mean, again, it was something that out of necessity, because I found myself like spending every waking minute running this account, I was like, okay, I have an audience, let's attempt to monetize this. Um, And so we started with little sticker, like $3 stickers um, that were like illustrations of some of our our more popular posts. Uh, And we had some support with that. Well, enough support that down the road, we wanted to make a whole store, like a whole e-commerce store that I know I didn't. I knew I didn't want to be shipping things from my dorm room, so we wanted to use a fulfillment company that would essentially take care of all of that. Um, it's not the best profit margins, but it's a lot of less hassle. So we kind of learned that people just wanted the phrases and words that we kind of use a lot on our account on merchandise, and that's the way that they started to support us. So we actually started selling like our best seller for years was a hat that said "Oh heck," but the heck was censored. Um, like it was H (laughs) asterisk CK, um, because we thought it was funny to censor. Like the account is so wholesome and innocent that why not censor an already censored word? And people fell in love with it. Like people went crazy for it. So again, they're not like crazy graphic designs or anything. They're just like the simple phrases that communicate your love for dogs. Like we have one now that's tell your dog, I said, hi, and that's exploded. Like not only did, I mean, Target ripped it off. So it's like, you can find it in Target. Don't buy it from Target. But that's Wait, like really? a, they don't it buy off? it from Target, people. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's not one of their distributors. So, yeah. So, and we don't have enough money to go to war with Target. Yeah. So the, the, the trademark was pending when they essentially put it in their stores. It's a money battle at this point. And Target has more. So uh, it's it's not so we thankfully we have an audience that is very supportive of us. And I didn't even need to like those went in their store like the day after Christmas, I think. And immediately we were sent thousands and thousands of DMs and, and tweets that were like, what is going on? 
why is this in you? Like, they were pissed. Like, we were saying, like, we were getting sick. Not only do I have the hassle of Target, now I have the hassle of filtering through all these DMs about something <laughs> I obviously already know about. That's, no, I mean, that's nice, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, it, though. It is people nice. cared. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah, it was very cool to see that people cared. And one cool, like, uh, side effect of that phrase getting big is throughout the pandemic, people have been writing it in chalk on sidewalks everywhere. So, like, they're Wait, writing, tell your dog I said hi. Tell your dog oh. I said hi on sidewalks so that as you're walking your dog, you can see it and read it. And it's adorable. And people are so talented. Like, I expected the first few that were sent in were just, just t- chalk outlines of tell your dog I said hi. And so I, put, I shared them on my Instagram story. And now people are going, like, above and beyond and, and I mean, using every color of chalk to write. It's just, it's really cool to see how that's evolved. But um, I guess that's like the, the power of not overcomplicating the merchandise. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was, um, we started that store like nine months after the account and it's, it's grown and evolved into something that now we don't use that fulfillment company anymore. We actually have our own warehouse and inventory and it's a lot more to manage. Oh, wow. Well, I'm um, speaking of those quarantine stories and the community rallying uh, against the the target ordeal. Can you tell us some more stories about how the community is interacting and would also love to hear if there's more quarantine related stories? I mean, again, with the territory of dog lovers, like I don't know how I fostered such a community that's so passionate, but they are. And I think the biggest indication of that power is when we feature GoFundMes. Um, So people started sending really early on, they recognized the power of the account really before I did. And they were sending us um, stories or like their campaign links to GoFundMe's, whether their dog needs needed surgery or treatment that they couldn't afford. They saw our account as an outlet to try to get those campaigns traction. And so the first one we ever posted, I posted because it was a family of dogs that we had posted previously. So my thinking was my audience already has a connection to these people. Um, they may be more inclined to donate. Um, it was a $700 goal for a little pug that needed a, a doggy wheelchair. And we raised that money in less than an hour. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is clearly a way that my audience wants to help and a manageable way that we can. So starting with the first Friday of 2017, we've featured a, a GoFundMe every single week. Um, wow. And so that, yeah, that consistency has let people not only trust GoFundMe, but now they trust us a lot with those stories as well. And it works really well because my account is just sharing stories of dogs. And now every Friday, I'm just doing that. But at the end, there's a link to help that specific dog. So it's been, that's like been, and they all get 100% funded in minutes. Uh, Last week's was a $3,500 goal. It doubled that in in less than 15 minutes. Uh, GoFundMe cannot even update fast enough for these, like the people donating. Mm, Wow. I guess it's, pretty quantifiable as well but like that's the power of of the community that that exists online now wow that is so lovely this is such an uh, so i'm i'm into this <laughs> it's great because it's like just you know on the surface it's just like ah dogs but like there's so much more going on and i think that's yeah. obvious if anyone really thinks about it but like it's really great to hear about like the merchandising and the e-commerce and the community. And, and I love, I knew you had done some fundraisers, um, but I love that you're doing that every Friday. 
Yeah, and it's it's gotten to the point where I mean the the only few criticisms are like, why don't you do more? And throughout this whole process, we've been like, I'm very protective of my audience and their kind of emotional fatigue when it comes to those things. So if I were to post, like, first of all, I don't want to change the nature of the account. I always want the account to be primarily humorous and entertaining. Um, but if I were to post 10 GoFundMe's a week, not only would none of them hit their goal, but my audience would be very sad because <laughs> those stories are, are usually, um, even though now we're hopefully giving them happier endings, uh, they're not, they're sad situations. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm very protective of how my audience is feeling and I don't want them to be like, that's why, that's why we don't like showcase five GoFundMes on Friday and let my audience pick which one they want to donate to, because I want to take on that pressure. I don't want them to take on that pressure. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's a great detail too. Right. Cause like if you gave me choices, it's like, Oh, I have to choose which dog to fund. I don't necessarily, exactly. you know, I can't just like fund. I'll have, yeah, that's cool. So and having you, you already do that curation, but so how many, how many GoFundMes are you getting submitted to you every week? We're, we're in the 150 to 250 range. Wow. wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, that's yeah, tough. So, so you, you have to Sophie's choice that. Yeah, which is, I mean, we're we're looking at ways to make it a little bit more manageable in terms of if we if we can help more without increasing that emotional toll on our audience. And uh, sorry, guys, just a quick note to all our millennial and Gen Z listeners: uh, ask your parents about what Sophie's Choice means. That's a reference <laughs> point that uh, Allie just threw in there. Truth. Really, really speaking to the audience. Truth. Um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so we've. We've read that dog fostering and adoption is through the roof with quarantine. Is that true? And are there any other trends like that that you've noticed? So I can't speak to whether it's true or not. We've definitely see, received like a ton of like our submissions have increased. And I have seen a few posts that have gone uh, not viral, but like, I guess, semi-viral of people being like, look who I just got, look who I'm fostering and tagging our account. It's actually given me a new perspective to write from uh, dog feelings. Like since dogs are like being treated as like, oh, they're thriving right now because everyone's home. It's given me a lot of ammo uh, in terms of like concepts for thoughts of dog. Well, perfect transition because that's where we were going to go next. So you <laughs> created another Twitter, Thoughts of Dog, which has a paltry 3.3 million. Um, <laughs> so Lame. Can you tell us how that came about? And then, yeah, yeah we'd love to, I noticed there's a lot of quarantine thoughts from dogs. So we'd love to hear about that as well and what dogs have to teach us in this time. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that account was, there were three big reasons I, I made that account. One was that if I had a thought that was like funny from the perspective of a dog, I couldn't tweet it from dog rates anymore because so many people knew that it was me and that it was a business and it just wouldn't really come across well from from dog rates so it was a it was one reason for another account um the second reason was that i was getting a little bit bored creatively with dog rates like it is very formulaic um and i really only get to flex my crea creativity when we are sent a very unique picture uh, other than that it's very it's very mad lib style like this is the name of the dog several short sentences rating a little something after the sentence or little something after the rating so I kind of wanted to 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 try, um, but yeah, it was a little bit of boredom that caused me to start that account as well. And the last reason was the main criticism, and this is this is purely out of spite. The main criticism of dog rates was that all the value was in the media, and that the writing didn't really add anything to it. 
So I wanted to be like, no, I can do this with no media and just my writing also. Uh, so yeah, spite is powerful when it comes to, or at least for me, it is <laughs> when it comes to, to new dog accounts. <laughs> Great. So, okay. So you started that one and then how did that one blow up? Yeah. So I had, like, I get not really a network of accounts. I had dog rates in my personal to, again, tell people about it. Like I retweeted the first one to dog rates. There were other Twitter accounts that talked as if they were dogs. And I wanted to be very different from that or else there was like no reason to make the account. Um, So I like I needed to kind of find my tone and my voice in order to justify its creation in a way. So I started by just using excessive punctuation and it was like now looking back at it, it's, it's ridiculous. Like I would put like a period, every other word, like where, where natural pauses weren't, I would put a period and people enjoyed it at the beginning. But again, now looking back, it's so cringeworthy. And so eventually I could grow I I didn't have to use that punctuation as a crutch anymore because I did find my own style and tone of voice with the account. Are you getting fucking crazy emails now from people being like, help me with my dog. What's it thinking? <laughs> well, we, yeah, occasionally we'll get like legitimate veterinary like questions. And I'm like, guys, no. I don't actually know anything about dogs. I dropped dogs. out of college. <laughs> I, do, I cannot help you. Like I know no more than, than the average dog owner does. <laughs> oh, God. So, um, yeah. So what, what, do, what do dogs ha- have to teach us right now during quarantine? Because you're the, you're the expert. You understand everything about dogs. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun to kind of, even though, I mean, the world is, is crazy right now and, and not a good way and has been really for a long time. Uh, the dog has always, like, the accounts really have been kind of this utopia on Twitter, uh, especially because Twitter is, is accessible in many ways. So, like, to have... A lot of people treat my accounts as like the light at the end of the tunnel for social media or like they 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 frequent my accounts. They have notifications turned on just because it is like a reliable like piece of positivity in their day. During quarantine, it's been it's been fun to like take like give people a break from, uh, I guess, the, the, the never ending news cycle of what's currently happening. Uh, so, I mean, I wrote. The first really week of quarantine, I wrote a post that is still our our pinned tweet about how the dog like joined a Zoom call and everyone cheered for the dog when they saw the dog. And uh, <laughs> he like I think I wrote like um, I'm the only thing holding their company together. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean whenever a dog joins my Zoom, no joke, it is the best moment of my day. <laughs> okay, but so what what I was really talking about is the the dog's tips for us, right? Like I know that. Um, Thoughts of dog recently let us know to stop baking bread. There is enough bread. (laughs) So I was wondering, like, what other tips um, the dog has for us in quarantine? Well, yeah. So I think I did one tweet about how it was take your human to work day and they watched cars go by the house. Uh, And so that one was more subtle in terms of, like, (laughs) take a break, human. Like, uh, I don't know. Some of them... I like to be very subtle in in the things that I reference with that account, but it's quarantine is such a dominating topic right now that it, it's hard to be. Um, but yeah, the baking bread one was when like that was every tweet I saw on my timeline. So I was like, you know it what, the dog's going to weigh in. The People dog's going to weigh in. listen to you. <laughs> how how yeah. do you get inside of the mind of the dog? Is it like method acting? Like, yeah, what do, you do? Do, you, do you bark for a little and just run yeah, around in circles? That's exactly what it is. Um, yeah, I, so... <laughs> 
my uh, again, it's actually helped some quarantine since... fitness routine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's actually helped since I've been home because I'm with my dogs and obviously it's hard not to draw inspiration from them. Like Aww. if I'm ever really like haven't tweeted in a couple of days, need something to go on the account, I literally just like stare at Zoe for an hour and be like, okay, this is like, and it genuinely, that's, I, I, that's always, ridiculous. I always come to some sort of tweet that is good from doing that. Everything about this interview <laughs> was fine and great until you just told me you just stare at your dog for an hour. And now I'm worried about you. Well, you must have done a lot of staring when you were creating this planner. Yeah. So both accounts have um, publishing deals. And so there's the, the product that people love are the, the tearaway day-to-day calendars because they're so similar to my accounts themselves. Like we try to get a post up every day. These calendars are, are literally a, a dog a day with Saturday and Sunday combined. Um, so same thing with like the, the dog rates one um, for 2021, I think comes out in the end of July, I think. Uh, dog feeling, same thing. But we also have a planner that is just like a regular school planner, but on the bottom right, bottom right hand corner of each week, it has a dog thought. So um, I believe that comes out on June 23rd. Um, so yeah, all of those things are, are super exciting. But the funny part is that they require so much content and it's way more than I actually post. Like in three years, Dog Feelings has like uh, way less than a thousand tweets. And those calendars Which is take insane up. because you have 3.3 million followers <laughs> on that account. Yeah, and and that that brings me Can back to Can you help like, me? Yeah, when I said <laughs> when I said that dog feelings was made kind of out of spite, well I solidified that by putting in a personal Instagram post when dog feelings hit a million followers. I said dog feelings hit 1 million followers in 381 days with 681 tweets. 40 days faster than dog rates and with 2,500 fewer tweets. Wow. So I wanted to okay. be like, haha. <laughs> Quality over quantity. What are your top social media tips? Uh, well, okay. The big one like this overall that I've learned from uh, throughout, I mean, just being an internet presence for so long is to be as genuine as possible in, in the content that you create. Um, two is if you're growing an audience, you got to be consistent with like, it's much harder to grow an audience when you're talking about everything than if you're talking about one specific thing that you're very knowledgeable about. Oh, and then three is utilize dogs if you really want to have an audience. (laughs) (laughs) Or take, or I guess the broader tip there is to take something that not only you love, but you know other people love so that you can kind of... dogs. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) if I'm swiping on the app and the guy has a cute dog, I am significantly more likely to swipe right. So... Got it. Noted. Noted. Dogs (laughs) are always the answer. Um, How many Twitter accounts do you have? I have four. And do you have any that failed? Tell us your Okay, that's crazy. I hate hate talking about this because it's not representative of like, uh, no, I don't, which is crazy. Like I started, (laughs) I started, Dog Rates was my first attempt at a quote unquote parody account that wasn't Matt. And Dog Feelings was my second attempt. (laughs) at another like that's not but that's horrible because that's not how it's supposed to i've been so lucky with it um and yeah so actually well here's a a, we had somebody on our team do a a pig based account like with cute pig (laughs) videos and photos for like a week but i wasn't really hands-on with that 
So does that I mean, count I as love a, a good piglet, but it's just different. There's an emotional connection. <laughs> yeah. People don't, don't own piglets yeah. the way they own dogs. Yeah. So I mean, I wish they would. Uh, Jen's ex-boyfriend looked into it pretty significantly. And it's you can't have a pig as a pet in New York City. So mm. well, that's tragic. But yeah, yeah, so I wish I had like a, yeah, I tried this ridiculous thing and it didn't work, obviously, but I... Why do you wish you fucking I had don't. that? Nobody because wants that. Because it would make me seem no. like more, like I know what I'm talking about more. No, no, that's Experience? not true. It's less. No, no, fuck okay. that. Listen, right, also, fine. I think you're like 12. You have plenty of time to fail. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. You'll have failures. So wait for it. That's but don't worry. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter will change its algorithm and, and you'll fail pretty hard. Yes, get ready. yes, yes, it will. Yeah. So we have some questions from our Discord and perhaps some others. Matt, what do you got for us? Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Uh, yes, we do have some questions from our listeners. We got a lot of the same question from <laughs> a, a couple different people. Will you rate my dog? And you, will you Well, I mean, that aside, perhaps. <laughs> but... Um, and, and I bet you get this a lot. Uh, so uh, this question coming from multiple sources, but also from Jet Bear Cat in our Discord. Will there ever be a dog who achieves a 20 out of 10 or a higher rating? And, and additional questions were, how high will the ratings go? Can they go? Do you have plans to go beyond? W- what's your high? Is it like 15 now? Or, or where, where are you on the scale? Yeah. So um, we've given out 16 15 out of 10s. And yeah, um, I, like I, based on what those stories were and who those dogs were, I'm hard pressed to think that we're going to find a 16. Um, also, I have to be very uh, wary of inflation. We have no idea when the dog rating <laughs> bubble will pop. Um, the rating economy, of course. Yeah, very the rating, economy. it's very delicate. And uh, we've already been called out for, for, for willingly, I don't know, being a slave to the inflation in the past. So I think we have to be a little bit careful going forward. We actually, we were, we were doing a partnership with WeWork where we would have the do- like dogs take us on tours through the various offices. And we wanted to make it kind of give off the impression that this is where Dog Rates does all of their work. So like we did legitimate analytics to find out not only when the, when the first 16 out of 10 would be, but the actual chart of inflation. And we, like, we had an actual statistician download our tweet archive to do that so that was a really fun partnered post because not only was it entertaining to look at that's the greatest but it was it was legitimate wait who are these who are these dogs who so you said the top rating that has ever happened has been a 15 yes and and who were those dogs Oh, so we have like, a whole were, Twitter moment dedicated to them. They are were heroes. they particularly oh, they, right. phenomenal? Okay, I need to yes, go look this up. Yes, on my own they were not just the cutest dogs. They were like they've saved lives and whatnot. Um, oh. Yeah, oh, okay. They're, okay. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one was Smiley the Wonder Dog, uh, and, and they have a huge Instagram presence. I think they still do. It was a blind golden retriever that just had that that unfortunately got cancer, but also spent their entire life, like helping people and, and being a therapy dog for, for, um, really, I think it was, uh, children and, um, uh, senior living homes, like a bunch of different things. The dog was amazing, but that was the first time we had done a 15 out of 10. And now when we do a 15 out of 10, all of Twitter kind of stops and to, to marvel at the 15 out of 10, it's the only rating that isn't completely arbitrary. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're looking for the 16 out of 10, but I, I don't know. 
Okay, so clearly dog stories and personalities and achievements are factored into the rating, and this leads into our next uh, listener question. This comes from Ironclad Luna, and I don't fully understand this question, so you'll have to explain. <laughs> Is dog loafing a large part of the rating process, or does the loaf replace a more active position to even out the score? So, so please explain the loafing factor I- here don't know if I can explain that if like the I don't even know what that means I I have a guess okay my mind goes to like that's what people kind of refer to corgis as like they look like loaves of bread and so we like like they're a loaf like I don't know I actually don't know what that means that's my guess and if that's the actual question I would say that corgis are definitely well loved on our account and dogs that look like other things are also very well loved on our account (laughs) fair enough I, I think that's what that means so you also have uh, many fans at uh, the office where I work uh, at the Daily Dot. Lots of uh, writers and editors are, are excited for this episode. Uh, Siobhan Bell doesn't have a question. She just says that you have brightened grad school for many people. Uh, oh. I assume that means her and her friends or, or, or contacts there. Monica Reese is our director of production. She's a big fan. And she asks, do you have other recurring features like Senior Pup Saturday that you are working on in the future? Ooh, that's a good idea. <laughs> right now, it's it's really only our Senior Pup Saturday and our GoFundMe is on Friday. Uh, we typically leave the week open because, I mean, a lot of the dog stories, uh, or at least now, I mean, most of them are submission-based, but sometimes like it's a dog breaking news that I have to, <laughs> I have to kind of post and, and talk about. So, uh, that's a good idea just to give the account some, some, like another theme today. Uh, I'll take that into account, but yeah, right now it's just, uh, everyone loves senior pup Saturday because a lot of our submissions are puppies and younger dogs. So we wanted to, to dedicate a whole day to our, our gray faced friends. Excellent. So one last question here, and this might be a little a little dicey, but um, you know, as you said earlier in the uh, conversation, like the point of these accounts is to brighten brighten people's day, give them a laugh, a break, give them an awe moment, obviously. But so, so the the account is completely apolitical. However, there have been some instances in in the past where people have gotten upset or things have been misconstrued and people, you know, attribute political values or something to what's going on on the account. So uh, our news director, Ramon Ramirez, and our uh, politics editor, David Cavucci, uh, were interested in some of these hiccups in the past. Uh, You know, how do you deal with, quote unquote, controversies that pop up on a platform like Twitter, where lots of people are uh, like to yell, let's say? Yeah, so I'm happy to answer that. Uh, I believe so. The first, I hate that it's even political. I'll reference all of this as humanitarian throughout throughout my answer. <laughs> but so the first um, time we ever kind of like tread into those waters was the Women's March of 2016. Like the first Women's March, um, we were sent a picture of a really cute dog with a sign from the Toronto Women's March that said. Um, I March for My Moms, written in rainbow. It was adorable. And without a second thought, I wrote a very brief caption of like, here's here's a puppo supporting the women's march. Like, it was very straightforward. Um, put that on the account. And w- like, immediately we were labeled as part of the resistance, which like, in 2016, that was, Twitter was 
it's still incredibly How divisive. How dare you support women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Twitter was still very divisive. Back then it was horrible. And it kind of like the whole account went on a switch. Um, like, again, at the beginning, the account was primarily humorous. And the only goal was to make people laugh. And in the middle of 2016, it became very, very clear that the goal had to switch to actually, I believe the first Women's March was 2017. But in, in 2016, the goal of the account had to shift to primarily wholesome because that's what the internet desperately required. Um, so <clears throat> that's the time where the account, like I, instead of writing more absurdist things, I would literally try to form a narrative that it was as wholesome as possible for uh, some of these pictures we were being sent. So that's a long-winded way of saying like this was the start of um, me kind of recognizing what uh, my audience wanted and kind of comparing that to what I personally wanted out of it. Um, so with the Women's March, again, we were immediately grouped into, into this part of the resistance, which I was very, like, I just posted this dog. I was very, um, I, like, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, this is like, part of me was like, I might get one or two dumb comments, but I didn't think it would be a controversy at all. I'm tired of supporting women being controversial. <laughs> I'm over this entire story. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So th the question was like, I'm tired of, or the, the comment was like, I'm tired of this march being shoved down my throat. And so I said, this isn't something you should be ignoring. Uh, someone commented under me and said 100, like a long rambling paragraph that I don't, I don't think used proper grammar and then said 100% unfollowed. And his name was Tom or his name was Tim. And I said, I 100% don't give a shit, Tom. And that was screenshotted and went just as viral as the initial dog at the um, March post did. So not only while us being supportive was going viral, us telling someone to essentially fuck off in the comments was also going viral. Um, so from then on, it was I love like it. that. Yeah, it was. It was a bit like. Do you regret that comment? Because I'm into not it. at all. No, not at all. That was <laughs> our most unfollowed day. We lost about 800 people. Oh, go fuck them. We gained 37,000. Nice. Wow. So lost 800 was, incels. Okay. Exactly. So it was. It kind of. It paved the way for me to not only be true to myself with the account, but like the support that we got made me not hesitant to talk about humanitarian issues in the future. And so literally like less than a month later, um, the Muslim ban was put into place and there were the airport protests. And we got sent a picture of a little puppy that said, um, I wag for refugees on a sign around its neck. And I posted that as well. And again, I went viral for telling someone to fuck off in the comments. Again, I see them. Unfortunately, they're political. They, it was just us supporting I mean, what, in my opinion, was the common sense things that, that people should be supporting. And uh, yeah, so, so those, uh, we've tread into those waters, um, but like we, we didn't make a post about the tax march. We didn't, we didn't, like they're very, even though the line between is very gray, I guess, um, those things I was very confident uh, in posting. It's not uh, gray when you're dealing with literal humans. Yeah, you would think so. And dogs see, maybe there's like a joke there about how dogs are colorblind. I don't know. Yeah, and that <laughs> dog, dogs can be refugees. I have a friend yeah. who like rescued <laughs> yeah. a dog from Syria. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that's also a common so. thing. And so the other, the other big kind of political thing that the account has gotten into was when uh, Trump had that typo 
in 2017, the Kofefe typo um, that kind of took typo, over the internet. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that kind of took over the internet uh, for, I mean, it dominated everything for days on Twitter because every, actually it was very fun. Like everyone was finally like banded together by this one funny thing that happened. And so very impulsively, we this is when we were promoting a lot of our merchandise and it was very simple stuff. Like we would use AF, like as fuck, like as on a lot of our tweets and so people really loved that we were doing that so we put it it on some merchandise and less than a half an hour after he made that typo and it was blowing up we made a hat that said kafefe as fuck kafefe af and um we were like we were like i i promoted it and i was like hey guys i'm so sorry about this we had to do it and people were buying it and then it kind of settled in that like okay this i mean this is no matter how you look at this, it was kind of very like cash grabby. So we were like, okay, we, we're going to donate all these funds. And uh, oh, we nice. made the decision to, I made the decision to donate to Planned Parenthood. And I announced that not knowing just how controversial that would be. And so I said Wait, that. You didn't, okay, I support you, but you didn't see that coming? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I thought that my previous attempt, my previous wading into those waters would, would, would make it less so in a way. I don't know. But either way, I said that and then went to sleep. Um, and so I woke up to the most mentions dog rates has ever had in a 12 hour period. And it was very wow. overwhelming. I was very scared. And in the mix of all of that, I decided to write an apology for doing so this was the mistake <laughs> the initial decision yeah. to donate to a cause that i believe in was not a mistake the the mistake was apologizing for doing so um so i, I put out that apology so i immediately pissed off everyone on the other side so in a, in a span of less than a day i i made everyone mad at me um, and that took some, that, that I sounds mean, like we a had fun it. feeling when you have yeah. 8 million followers. <laughs> oh yeah. It was a blast. Um, and obviously if you, if you, if you haven't, uh, realized like all of my content is like, I'm a people pleaser and my content reflects that. And so when there's controversy or when there's, when there's, uh, an issue like that, where I piss off both sides of the aisle very effectively, yeah, it, it's not good for my mental health. But it took us a couple of traditional posts from there to kind of to kind of set the course back on track. And thankfully, Trump backed out of the Paris Accords a few days later. So I was able to make another post like of a dog looking sad about liking, like loving our planet and how this was a terrible idea. So that kind of set us on back on track. But after that, I mean, there hasn't been I mean, there's been a ton of ridiculous things in the news cycle, but never one like then that so closely could have a dog tie into it like again those were like dogs that were had signs around them that that supported a cause that were easy to post from our account like my favorite comments are under those posts like that say stick to dogs and it's literally under a picture of a dog i love when that happens <laughs> you remind me of god and by that i mean we interviewed the twitter account for god and he oh really uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is the real Twitter yeah. account for for the Lord oh, yeah, God? I mean, it's not. Yeah. It's not. A, it's, it's different because it's not a parody account. It's the real one. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he's been using his powers for good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, thank you for telling us all about it. Um, it sounds like there were some. Yeah, it sounds like there were some rough spots. Um, but overall, you are the ultimate account and. 
We completely understand why you are so popular. Um, That's one of my favorites. Popular, popular yeah. is one of my favorites. I'm going to give you that. Allie, are you yeah. riffing right now? Uh, <laughs> well, while we were chatting, she's been I writing this material for months. Okay. Months. okay. <laughs> so, uh, you got yeah, it. You I, got it. One more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my keyboard on my phone autocorrects to the puns now. It's a real problem. <gasps> oh, that's good. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Matt. Your Twitter, it's it's the chord key to my heart. All right, enough All of right, this. Get her out of here. <laughs> we have to take that one back to headquarters. <laughs> so, Allie, are you going to submit your friend's dog? Oh my God, fuck yeah. But I got to go through my Mac photos. Um, Mac, is Mac the name of the dog? Yeah, Mac. <laughs> it's uh, my roommate from college, Anna. She has a dog named Mac and I'm, I'm Mac's aunt, I, basically. So um, I'm, I got to go through my best Mac photos and see what is possible. <laughs> How many photos of this dog do you think you have? I mean, I have a lot. Like sometimes I'm like, hey, can you send me a Mac photo? Like I could really use one right now. And then wow. <laughs> no, but she's got like three billion. So I'm like texting yeah. her. <laughs> so maybe the bigger <laughs> the question best. is like, when are you going to get a dog? I want a dog so badly, but my roommate has two cats and her boyfriend has a dog and we might all be moving in together. <laughs> wow. What a life. It's very cute because they are moving in together and then they were like, do you want to come? And I was like, yeah. So <laughs> so we're looking at houses. So I might really become a dog. And like, It's like two people in a serious long-term relationship are like, we're finally going to do it. We're going to move in together. Hey, Allie, you want to come along? <laughs> yeah, Allie's I'm like another it. one of the pets. <laughs> it's great. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like their weird child slash spinster aunt and like yeah. I'm into it. They're like, I'm we have two it. cats, a dog, and an alley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, True. pitch that to the right people, and that's on Netflix in two years. Come on. Three's Company, well, reboot. Three's Company, that already happened. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> our reboot. So, yeah. Um, so, I'm, I might be living with a dog very soon, but also means I can't get my own dog for a little bit. And then if I stay where I currently am and find a new roommate where I am doesn't allow dogs. But I really want a dog, especially during quarantine. Well, the cutest dog, you need to post a picture in the Discord, I think, is little Cooper, who's Allie's aunt's dog, who's like a teacup poodle or something, right? And he's like white. He looks like a little lamb. Yeah, and he Cooper's like a- cute as fuck. But now it's like I'm playing favorites, Cooper versus Mac. That's like, true. I could, I could submit Cooper, which my aunts would also be really into. Cooper, the funniest thing about him is he has a little bum leg. He, like his leg, he like pulls it up in the back. I feel so bad. Because <laughs> he's, he's like so five lovable. pounds of the bum with a bum leg. He's five pounds of the bum leg. Yeah. Oh, five pounds. It's like, <laughs> he's how do you step dog on that thing? You've ever seen. Yeah. He's so tiny. So what do we want to know from our fantastic listeners today? Just just tweet us photos of your dog. That's all tweet I really us, want. Yeah, that's all that's really. It. Okay, great. So you can tweet at me at Junebugger, J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. Um, at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. Oh, sidebar, when people are like, let me show you my kid. I'm like, oh, God, I have to pretend to be enthusiastic. <laughs> when people show me their dog, I'm into it. So I'm dead serious. If you tweet me your dog, I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> yes. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. You can text us and or leave us a voicemail. 
That phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And join our Discord, which we mentioned a few times in this episode, discord.gg slash 2G1P. If you're not familiar with it, totally free, kind of like a chat room. We're all hanging out there, including people who have been on the show, listeners of the show. So please join us, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Ali, if they would like to contribute, how do they do it? Patreon.com slash 2G1P. Please check it out. If you've been listening to this show for any amount of time, even just giving a dollar, especially during this pandemic, would be great. For $5, we shout you out on Twitter. $10, we shout you out on air. And that's it's only 10 bucks a month. And then for $25, we send you a personal video once a quarter. So if you want to see what we look like, if you want to match faces to the voice, <laughs> that's how. That's right. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will catch you next time. Girls, one podcast is hosted by Allison Goldpuff and Jennifer Jamula. Then buried in the yard behind the tool shed, I mean produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. All gone. Mm.